Whoa. Yeah, I'm back. Sorry. I had a input malfunction. I was messing with it and it switched over to my other Bluetooth speaker. Yeah. <laughs> you had an input malfunction. Yep. I was yeah. uh there was there was an input that yeah. shouldn't have been. I had to save a coworker once at a mall while we were having lunch because he had an input malfunction once. <laughs> Is that true? I mean that sounds sexual. Uh well he no it was you don't remember when he choked on his chicken I and, and I had to give him the Heimlich I I kind of I just don't remember who it was oh that's yeah yeah I'll beep all that out shout out but you should <laughs> I'm not even gonna say it never mind <laughs> ah yeah. Oh, I, I, you guys, before we get into the, the re-recap, which is very special. It is. Because uh, we have tough to talk I'm about. I'm excited for it. I'm so excited about it. Uh, we uh, uh, we also have to introduce the show. That's that's one of the things we got to do. It's time for the Pretty Neat Podcast. Welcome to the Pretty Neat Podcast, where we talk about UFC and other pretty neat things. My name's Aaron. I'm one of the three hosts. And Mackenzie Dern will not be joining us today. (laughs) How many times in a row is that, Dom? All of them. All of them. Got it. But the invitation remains. Thank you. The door is always open for Mackenzie. Is she going to go back to her maiden name? I don't know. I don't know, but divorced Dern is like nice. Savage. <laughs> what if she changed her nickname to the divorcee? Damn. <laughs> oh, oh, the angry ex. Mackenzie, the, the angry ex Dern. The black widow. I like that. Hi, Ryan. Hey, uh, also one of your esteemed hosts of this show. My name's Ryan. And uh, we're talking about new nicknames for the soon-to-be Mackenzie insert last name here. <laughs> that's that's her new nickname. She would be the new nickname champion. Insert uh, here? Yes. <laughs> I don't think that should be any female uh, fighter's nickname. <laughs> I there, get it. There's, there's <laughs> a call. There's an insert <laughs> malfunction joke call back there. Uh, but I'm not sure what it is, so I'm not going to go for Only it. Only a couple minutes in at that. Yeah. Uh but yeah, before we do re recap, because there's tough, there's other sports, and there's some picks to make. I thought I'd let you know that I went on a delightful camping trip. <laughs> oh man. And uh dude, Kelvin Gastonolum and I, we cooked up the best barbecue. You could have sworn Mike Santana was with us from Hell yeah, from Hell Yeah Brother Barbecue. It was so good. Mike Santana wasn't there. He's not invited. He's not on the camping invite list. But Kelvin Gastelum is. Um and uh Yeah, it was it was a good time. Do you want to know who else was there with me? 
yeah, I'm curious who else went on this camping trip and what but, kind of barbecue they were eating, which is not good for Kelvin yeah. if he's trying to go down to 170. Well, we got really, really lucky because uh, we had a great Aussie with us named Bobby Knuckles, and uh, he really helped out quite a bit. Really? Is this guys who are from the Ultimate Fighter? Uh, no, but a couple of people from from that list uh, actually. These gentlemen that have been defeated by one Israel Adesanya. No, no, no. I'm sorry, they can't come. You have to ask if people can come. You don't just guess. I don't fucking know how to play this game. (laughs) But that's what you do at the end. (laughs) Can uh, Paulo Costa come? No, he can't. That's funny. You should be asking. Can Marab Davalashvili? No, but that would be fucking cool. Uh, uh, (laughs) I don't feel Uh, like you're giving us enough clues. I think the barbecue is something. It's not. It's not. Okay. No, the uh, is arbitrary. You're, you're literally giving us no clues. Juliana so... Juliana Pena's coming. <clears throat> okay. Yep. Not a problem. She's she's on the list. Oh, is this people who fell out of a fight recently due to injury? <laughs> no, no. Cause but uh uh most of them are retired, actually. It's a there's a few older people coming to my camping trip ross pearson do you remember the real deal of course you do yeah the real deal ross person pearson yeah <clears throat> I, yep. I don't remember that guy yeah he's on the list he's yeah. on the list or is he he's going not camping. the list That's two different things he's not on the list cue funky music <laughs> uh yeah I'm most excited because one of my favorite pizza fanatics is going to be coming, and I hope he brings us some pizza. Matt the Terracera. Yeah, he's coming. I don't think we're going to get it. Boy, oh boy. was never a champion. Matt was a champion. Bobby Knuckles was never on the Ultimate Fighter. Mm -hmm. Yes, he was. What, like on a Australian version of the Ultimate Fighter? Maybe. So these are title challengers who came from the Ultimate Fighter. No. Nope, they're not. But in he fact, was on, he was on the were. Ultimate Fighter. Yeah, that would be a great camping trip to take. Mike Bisping would. is going to be with us. I don't... Yeah, Mike Bisping is coming on the trip. Uh, I don't. Shit. I don't want to play anymore. You guys are is, so is close. Rose, is Rose Nama Yunus allowed on the camping trip? She's not allowed on the camping trip. In fact, there's only two more people allowed on the camping trip. Is only Dana two. White on the camping trip? No, he's not. Uh, okay. Ha <laughs> <laughs> okay. are very are these, warm. Are these all uh people that have won the Ultimate Fighter that are not? From the United States of America? Gosh, you're so close. Kelvin Gastelum is from the United States of America. That is correct. He is. Is this like... But you're so close. The tough people from one... Each oh, from a are these former Ultimate Fighter contestants who have come back to coach on the Ultimate Fighter? That's exactly who oh. I'm going camping with. It's okay. Ultimate Fighter winners... 
who came back to be coaches. That's who I'm going camping with. I hope you guys Ross come with Pearson me. Pearson was a coach? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that must so, yeah. have been in the dark days. I, I should have done I should have done uh this thing. Yay. Yeah. I got it on the eighth try. Yeah. <laughs> if you'd like to go camping with us, go to the pretty Click the mailbag. Or just go there and send us your questions, your picks, anything. We will read it. Click on that bag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Guys, this weekend had a lot of shit happen. <laughs> sports sports (laughs) things so i went and saw guardians of the galaxy on saturday night re-recap and uh well went to a speakeasy and then an italian restaurant owned by a guy that ryan gave a free shout out to last week sure and uh i was a little bit not sober and uh then we had some extra time at the movie theater and I was like, hey, let's drink at the movie theater. And my wife's like, I'm seven months pregnant, you asshole. And I'm like, all right, cool. You sit here and drink water or soda, whichever you choose. Your choice. And I will continue getting drunk here at the movie theater. Um, You know, I thought the movie was good, not great. It was just a little too sad for me. It was sad. Yeah, when it's sad. This is like a only Aww. a very minor spoiler, Aaron, and I'm gonna give it out of context. When baby rocket says hurts, it's like, oh fuck. I'm gonna start crying. You know what I mean? Like that is it haunts me. I can't think about it as I'm falling asleep. Um Thank I you. Thought, again, I thought it was good, not great. I think it's the second best. I think it goes one, three, then two. Um, kind of a fun ending for their story. Definitely excited for what the post post credits teased. Um, oh. I do think also one of the tough guys is from right here in Marietta. Did we catch that yesterday? I don't, I don't think we did. We'll get to it. Um, so I'm excited for that. I do think we could see like a, a rocket TV series, like Disney plus series at some point. Or something like that. Um, yeah, thought it was good, not great. And I like had that weird like post. I should have just kept drinking during the movie and I didn't. So like <laughs> an hour in, I was like, all right, I am ready for this shit to be over. But then I rallied and it was all good. You know, it's a long movie. There was a guy next to me eating Pringles. Interesting. Don't eat Pringles at the movies. This is- it's very simple. Don't do that. Um, yeah, really, chips in general because of the crunchiness. Yeah, yeah, and I have like a real aversion to noise. Like people who can do the ASMR shit, I really, really struggle with that. Um, <laughs> no, you can't even do like a Disneyland ASMR. No, no, I yeah. have actually. I think it's called misophonia, um, and I actually do have like a physical reaction. A, a, a former coworker of ours, Aaron slash friend of mine, really thought it was super funny and liked to to uh, needle me with it. Um, so yeah, anyway, that that was my thought on Guardians Three, and I was I saw a little bit of the Heat Celtics before the game started, and then uh, 
the very same Mike from Hell Yeah Brother Barbecue. I, I look at my phone after the movie and I have a text from him that says, fuck Boston. I'm like, oh no, what happened? <laughs> and then uh, I saw the way that game ended and it was like, all right, well, they're definitely not going to win game seven. And if I was in a state where people weren't idiots and made sports betting legal online, I would have put big money on Miami because they were getting eight points. And um, it's very, very hard to beat a team four times in a row. So that was my take on that. Denver in five. Damn. Okay. No, no real shot for the heat there. No, it's honestly, I just think it's Denver's year. The Lakers Denver series was a sweep, but the Lakers played them close every game. I think the, the total point differential in all four games was like less than 30 or something. Um, So Boston, you know, I, I don't know what their deal is, but I think Miami's good. They're tough. They're very well coached. I just think Denver has a little bit too much. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's my overall take on the on the finals as well. I if I had to root for a team to win, I would want the Heat to win. Me too. Just uh, just as a byproduct of how they played. Um, it is troubling that they had a three zero lead and then it went to a game seven. That may be just more of a testament to how stacked the Celtics are. Um, you have any buy-in on uh, Tatum saying he rolled his ankle on the first play of the game? And that's well, well, he did roll his ankle on the first play of the game. It's it's on video or there's there's footage of it because, you know, video still. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I guess what I mean to say is, like, do you buy that as a, a major contributing factor to them? So, I just mean, getting outplayed. No, I don't, because we've seen guys play hurt. Um, we still don't know what was going on with the bronze foot. I, I'm fairly certain they just put like a metal ligament in there. And and somehow sewed it up really quick or whatever. Like guys play through injuries, and I think Boston just kind of quit. And I actually I've never really thought Jalen Brown was quite. I think I've said it on this show was quite as good as other people do. Um, I you know the Al Horford thing, the Marcus Smart thing. Like I I just I just don't know. I don't think they have a very good coach, and I think they they did. <laughs> I think Kime Udoka was good, and I understand why he can't be their coach anymore, but. Um, and who is he coaching now? Is he Houston? Now he just signed with Houston. Houston, okay. And they're gonna have. Don't they have the number two pick? No, uh, that, that can't I be right. I think it's. Head. I think it's San Antonio, Portland, or San Antonio, Charlotte, Portland, maybe. Um, so they're not gonna get Wembenyama. They're not gonna get Scoot. So, yeah, you you had it right. San Antonio, Charlotte, then Portland. Houston has the number four pick. Yeah, so Houston Houston has the fourth pick in a in a two person draft. As far as I don't really follow the NBA draft that closely, but um, now the NBA is the one where they have the sticks and they're on skates and they have and to, they ride and they, the horse yes. and they're allowed to hit each other. Yeah, right? that's right. Got it. Okay, <laughs> yeah. cool. Yeah, and there's like a there's a goalie. Yes. Got so, it. So I don't know. What do you what do you think is gonna happen? Um, I mean heat? heat is what I want. My mind says that the Nuggets will be able to outplay them. The Heat I, uh, join me on a, a, a small journey, right? Okay. Hypothetically. So the Heat are in the finals. 
we laud them for their team play, the way that they're coached, and the fact that they're pretty decimated by injury. They've lost a lot of major contributors from previous seasons, and yet they're still in the NBA Finals. There may be a small argument to make on whether or not the East or the West Conference is you know, stronger. In my opinion, I think the Western Conference is much stronger than the Eastern Conference, yeah. at least in terms of like top to bottom, where the East is much more top-heavy. Uh, but they were an eight seed, and they took out the Bucks. Right and without and, Giannis, well, yeah, Giannis for most of the series. Yes, you're correct. So you know, naturally, I tend to not root for any teams that beat the teams that I <laughs> historically root for. So I'm going to root for the Heat, even though it feels weird rooting for an Eastern Conference team being from the West Coast. Uh, but I think you're right. Uh, I think it goes six, but I think Denver wins it. It very well could go six. The two three two format is kind of weird. Um, so Aaron, instead of like two games to start the series at home for the team with a better record, and then two on the road, and then they switch back and forth. It's two games in Denver, then three in Miami, then the last two in Denver. So mm-hmm. maybe six. I'm honestly just mostly excited because I will be in Vegas for game three. Um, I thought it was game one or two when we talked about it a couple weeks ago, but game three. But also, I will be in Vegas when my golden knights host your florida panthers <laughs> for game two on monday night wow that starts nice. on saturday that We're starts on saturday that. my golden knights are favored in game one i will be betting on that game um i have bet hockey before i have won hockey bets before so okay they, I, I mean the way that they played in game six and just destroying dallas uh I mean, they're going to be very tough to beat. Yep. And the Panthers goaltender is on a heater right now and playing exceptionally well. And then they're squeaking games out with their top shelf talent, their top shelf talent, not meaning the whole team is top shelf, but with their their best players, right? Coming through in clutch spots. Whereas the Knights, they just kind of, crash over you in waves of just everything that they can throw at you line after line after line after line and it's more of like a cumulative effect mm-hmm. in what they just bring each and every shift so it doesn't it doesn't look well it doesn't look great for my Florida Panthers well Jack Eichel's been standing on his head out there I'll tell you that much <laughs> I've been waiting to work that in I don't even know what it means <laughs> So if he were the goaltender for the Knights, that would make a lot of sense because he's yeah, because he's not. He's the center, isn't he? Let's just pretend yeah. that, that I saw the C and thought it was a G. <laughs> like, yeah, that guy's standing on his head. Would be great if he was the goaltender, but he's not. If you're the center and you're standing on your head, it usually means you just got a vicious check. Yes. Yes, it does. I've got Knights and six. Knights and six? Okay. Yep. I actually think they win in five. Oh. <laughs> this okay. is, uh, you know, it, I want the Panthers to win. However, they are severely outmatched. <laughs> At some point, we'll have to break down the whole Golden Knights thing and how it's like 
pretty much for sure that the league orchestrated this to be a successful franchise from year one. Um, right. Isn't there something behind that as far as the way they were able to pick players or something in the expansion draft? So the expansion draft, each team has to leave. I think it's between two and three players and it may vary in some circumstances that are, uh, like not protected where the, the Knights at that point in time could just be like, all right, we're taking you. Mm -hmm. And what they did as an expansion team in their first year is unprecedented, but then it just happened again with the Seattle Kraken. Yeah. Well, there's a playbook now. Yes. And, And they were very successful when they made the playoffs. Yeah. Also, they have a cool name. They do have a cool name. Those things will be fun to read. Well, you guys will have to recap them. I will be in Vegas next week, so I <laughs> look forward staying? to listening. Uh, Park MGM. Nice. Mm-hmm. Park's, Park's my favorite spot. And on Monday night, we actually have tickets to see uh, a comedian I'm a big fan of, so I'm excited for that. Do they get free shout-outs? He, uh, yeah, sure. Shout-out Josh Wolf. Josh Wolf is funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's just his, like... Monday night kind of residency show at Jimmy Kimmel's comedy club. Um, so looking forward to it. Nice. Did you both watch tough? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. We have to talk about it. I didn't make any sort of special intro. It's just part of the re recap. I should have. Where do we start? I mean, do we start just with, Roosevelt Roberts setting the record for the fastest KO in so, tough history. Well, I guess it, it really breaks down to do we want to cover it from just the fights or discuss it from just the fights or discuss it as the whole package? Uh, I feel like we just have to do our thing. Okay. Because I feel like when the show first started and you get Connor walking in with Chandler already there, which whether that was staged or not is like, it was so much foreshadowing for the way the rest of the episode would go and the way Connor's <laughs> dressed and all the shit that he's doing. And Chandler's like, I'll do it at one eighty five, And then Connor with the fucking gym, you'll do what you're told is just wonderful. Now at some point, all this, you got to back all this shit talking up. And I, I mean, Ryan, you commented on it last night. The, the, it seems like the focus of coaching is is heavily in Michael Chandler's favor. And it, it, it led me to wonder. I also want to comment about how they picked their teams or, or talk about that. But it led me to wonder, if you guys had the choice of those two guys, who would you want to be your coach? Chandler. Chandler. It's it's not even close, right? Not even. His, it's his not whole even staff close. is far superior. Michael mm-hmm. Chandler is I talked about this when they first announced this. That guy does not say what you will about him winning fights, losing fights, whatever. He he was much closer to beating Poirier than Connor was. Well, maybe that's not entirely true. It doesn't really matter. Michael Chandler yeah. doesn't cheat the game. And Connor's like playing an entirely different game. It's it's cuz Chandler has Ryan Bader. He has his striking coach. Mm-hmm. which none of these guys have ever been coached by a guy the caliber of Michael Chandler, the striking coach. They don't have that kind of money. No. And who's the third guy? Robert His Drysdale. jiu-jitsu coach? Robert Drysdale. Drysdale. Yeah, yeah. 
jujitsu, right? Yes. It's it's not that I think Kavanaugh is one of Connor's coaches too, right? So it's not he, like he pretty he, much brought the entire SPG gym, which has the coaching hey, coaching staff. All good. All good. Also, Ryan Bader's fucking jacked. But <laughs> maybe they're just a prospect gym. Like they're just like a break through the amateur into professional gym, and that's what they do. SBG? Yeah. Maybe. I just think you would rather have Chandler as your coach. It's not even close. Uh, that poor Nate Jennerman guy, when they did his little bio and he's talking about oh my God. working at UPS and the gym, him and his wife own and their little kids. I'm like, oh, I kind of don't want this guy to lose now. And then and just not even remotely close, not even remotely. So close. Roosevelt Roberts, when he was in the UFC, FYI, he's from San Bernardino. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's kind uh, of the local guy for over you guys. Do you know what the famous thing in San Bernardino is? A mall? No. So there's is two it Toyota headquarters. No, that's in Ontario. There's two famous yeah. fast food Mexican restaurant chains in California and I guess in some other mm. parts of the country. Del Taco and Taco Bell, right? Taco Bell also? Yeah, in California, like there's Taco Bells all over California. Yeah, but Taco Bell was bought by Pepsi to sell more Pepsi. Uh, wasn't they, it just bought by um, their marketing effort? They're not Jack in the Box, I think. Someone was bought by Jack in the Box. It doesn't really matter. The <laughs> point is, maybe Del Taco. Damn, I want is, an ultimate bacon cheeseburger. <laughs> Del Taco is far superior to Taco Bell. And if you don't agree... Ryan doesn't it's agree. not even close. It's not even close. I mean, Del Taco is the only choice between yes. those two. Okay, thank you. I thought for a second you were going to argue with me. That is, I'm not arguing with you, but no, I'm I'm adding a, a, a caveat in the state because it's not as good in Texas when okay, it existed but, but here. But I'm talking about California, and we're talking about San Bernardino. That's fine. Okay, you're the totally original right. Del Taco is in San Bernardino. Is oh, it wow. San Bernardino? I thought it was Barstow. Yeah. Like I said, San Bernardino. <laughs> but it's not actually... San Bernardino County. Sure, yeah. <laughs> it's not actually called Del Taco, I don't think, right? It's something else. No, it's called Del Taco. Hmm. But what's the... Or the place that inspired it is like down the street or something? Uh, I don't know that story. There's uh, but... a... David Chang, the chef does a show on netflix called ugly delicious and um he has an episode on tacos and he talks about it go check it out about del taco yes yeah Hmm. in the first del taco i was wrong as well it's actually in yermo which is beyond barstow so san bernardino in 1964 in san bernardino county yes okay hey it counts it counts it counts uh, it doesn't say what they were inspired by, uh, but it's it's got a whole deltaco.com slash history. And yes, Jack in the Box, which is based in San Diego, just bought oh. Del Taco. Oh, there you go. $585 million. For all of Del Taco? For all of Del Taco. That's that's wild. That that feels cheap. <laughs> you it know does. what I mean? But I, I think it, it's also fairly concentrated in our neck of the woods. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. 
587 million. Uh, Jack in anyway, the Anyway, so Roosevelt Roberts is from San Bernardino. <laughs> <laughs> his uh his head kick loss to Ignacio Bahamundes was oh my insane. God. I feel that, like I remember uh, talking about that on this show. Yeah, it was on Contender Series, if I recall. No, or it was Ignacio. No, it was, it was Ignacio uh, got a contract from the Contender Series. Got it was it. Canada it was... Gastelum. Oh, okay, gotcha. Castellum and I went camping this last weekend. It was fucking no, awesome. No, you didn't. Um, so, um, no, that was Roosevelt looked great. Uh, and I, I want to like, I can we go into like Michael Chandler coaching a little bit? Yeah. Listen, we like, can go into Michael Chandler anything you want to go into. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> that is true. I sent you a piece of his underwear. Um, Michael Chandler, like when they were kind of talking before the fight, specifically said uh, to to uh, Roosevelt, pop him with the one twos right up the middle. He's not ready for your power. He just hasn't faced somebody with your kind of power. What happened? Like, that was exactly what happened. And then, of course, Chandler saying, okay, right away, start right away, start right away. Mm -hmm. That was just... I mean, that's Longo level of intuition of how to punch somebody at the right time. And, uh, bam, props for the prep. The pro- I feel like the professional got it done in professional uh, delivery, if that makes sense. And no offense to, to the other guy. Mm. Uh, what was his name again? Jennerman. Nate, Nate Jennerman, because his, his real... His record, he's yeah. a monster. Mm-hmm. If Roosevelt, if Roosevelt let that go over over two and a half, or if it had gone to the ground, that would have been Nate's fight. And I actually think if they do the thing that they usually do, where the where the contestants get at least one or two fights in the UFC, I look forward to watching Nate. I think Nate would be will will win in the UFC once he's in it. You do. Yeah. Well, they even said, or he said, that he had more experience as a professional fighter than Roosevelt Roberts in terms of professional bouts. Just none of them been in the UFC. Yeah, and he was a two-time champ in uh, the two organizations he was in prior. And like, I, I just, I really like it. But I mean, it's fucking lightweight. <laughs> I'm not saying he's going to be a contender. He'll just be a lightweight UFC fighter. Yeah, he'll be one of, you know, 150 lightweights that will never be champion. Are there 150 lightweights, do you just think? Throw a number out. We should look that up at some point. Yeah, it's almost a shame that they're in they're competing in the two toughest divisions. Maybe the two toughest divisions anyway. Mm-hmm. Very much so. I, I agree. Bantamweight, lightweight. Do we know? Because obviously, uh, side note, but the McGregor Chandler fight contract has not been signed, right? That would yet. that would seem to be the case. So, do they fight at one fifty five, or is this going to be one seventy? Because it there the prospect now is that they'll sign the contract, but they're not going to fight until December. Okay. And so did, six months, Connor's got to be like in the testing pool for six months. So does that give him time to? So you figure he's in it starting tomorrow? tomorrow? Like I don't. 
No, I think they're going to do it at 70, I thought was the agreement. Did you see the extended thing online on uh, YouTube, UFC's YouTube, I think, of Chandler and McGregor like having to wait for half an hour together in a room? Clearly staged. Um, But like it starts (laughs) off friendly. Go on YouTube, look up UFC and look up like whatever Chandler McGregor behind the scenes. And they were basically just set up to be in this room together. And they were talking about 185. Well, Connor says at the beginning, he says, have I told you what weight class is going to be at 185? And then Chandler says, I'll do 185. And Connor says, you'll do what you're told. I think that's all true. And I mean, I think that they go into not cutting weight and everything. It may very well be. Um, I don't actually know who that favors. I think that that leans more in Connor's favor because he's Chandler's not a big guy. I think, though, he has said he walks at like 190, right? Mm-hmm. So or at least I, close. And he's not a guy who I don't know if you've seen him. He doesn't get out of shape. And uh not that Connor's not. I just think Chandler is in the testing pool and Connor's not. So say what you will about that. There was something on the on the either uh like future in the season. I think it was a future in the se- season preview for Tough, uh not yeah. next episode, where they were sh- showing a doctor telling Chandler about an MCL tear. I think they're talking about one of the fighters. I was about to say, do you think it's a fighter or do you think it's him? I think if Chandler had a torn MCL, we'd know. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Or Connor for that matter. Yeah. Connor's face, dude. Have you guys been speaking of Connor? Have you been watching? Yeah, that's what, (laughs) that's what Deco will do. Um, Have you guys seen the McGregor forever on Netflix? I haven't watched it. Man, I watched okay. the first 10 minutes and I couldn't get through anymore. <clears throat> I watched the first episode. I don't really understand what they're trying to do with him. Are they trying to make him a little more human or personable or or whatever the fuck? Um, eh, I don't know. Because he's he, they're making him out to be like a rich kind of playboy dealing with an injury and wanting to come back from what I saw. I, I just... Well, they anyway, in that episode, they go through the toe injury that he had and they thought it was broken or whatever. And they like yank it back into place. And I don't I don't know. That episode kind of gave me the feeling that Connor doesn't have a lot of guys around him who tell him no. Yeah. And that sort of thing worries me. I think the only guy who can really look him in the eye and maybe get his attention a little bit is Dana White. And unfortunately, Dana knows he needs him. Because every year they have one or two pay-per-views that don't have a title fight attached and this one will sell and the other ones don't. It's it's they have to like manufacture all kinds of shit behind the scenes, like the Makachev or not Makachev, uh Hamzat stuff. Um so I don't know. What did you guys think of the way they picked the teams? Interesting. I thought it was more interesting that Connor went for the prospects as opposed to the veterans. Mm-hmm. Because you'd rather have the veterans, right? If you're one, if you want to win the competition, right. yeah, you want the veterans. You don't want the prospects. You have people that have fought in the UFC. Yeah, I'll take those people. So, I'm still trying to understand what's his motivation for picking the prospects. Just people that are going to look at look at him and go, "Oh my God, Conor McGregor!" Right? So you have all this, you know, if he's worship got to, over him as a figure. He, if he's got some narcissistic traits, he definitely won't want anybody with 
more experience to tell him he's wrong. Or that argue. I was kind of thinking like maybe this right. is a little extreme, but the idea that none of them will know that he's coaching them incorrectly. That okay. That that's kind of part of it. Yeah, I should. That's kind of in line with. That's kind of what you're saying. Yeah, unless it was clever editing, I feel like that was pretty evident in their first practices where Chandler's like, let's, let's kind of go through a pretty standard warm up and, and start of a workout here and kind of see what you guys have. And Connor's like, fuck it, put the gloves on and hit each other. Like, I, I just don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, uh, uh, Bill part, not Bill Parcells, Bill Belichick doesn't go like, okay, day one in August, full pads and helmets. Let's go. Like they don't, they, you know, I don't know. But Aaron I feel Belichick is a football coach. And football players wear pads and helmets, so when they crash into each other, why they only have to use their feet? That's fucking stupid. Um, <laughs> and their hands. Oh, that football! Gotcha. The one they play in the good old use of a that football. No, it uh, is interesting. I think that's an excellent call out, and you can see it in some of his commentary as well. Like, mm-hmm. it just really rudimentary things, like almost like a casual fan saying things. Like us, to a, frankly. Extent, <laughs> to a certain extent, just <laughs> casually saying things, you're like, Yeah, no shit, right? That's what you want to do. Um, mm-hmm. and he's always in a three piece suit, or he's just in shorts and his shirt's off. Like, it's yeah. either or, it's it's only those two things. He's either in an ultra tight three piece suit, which is his own clothing brand, from what I understand, August McGregor. Uh huh. Or he's, uh, you know, just shirtless and, you know, just saying random things, random things. And we know, right? We've talked about this in the past that the quote unquote coaches on the Ultimate Fighter are really not the ones that are doing any of the training. They're, they're figureheads. They're there for the show. And it's the, mm-hmm. it's the people in the background that are doing a lot of this training. So we don't really know how yeah. thorough they're they're going to be uh with with those individual teams but you know at face value you you look at Chandler's team you're like well this is the team I want to be on right and they would actually that caliber of team at face value you would think oh man the prospects would get much more out of this than the veterans mm-hmm. yeah and I think too, I don't think Connor would handle piggybacking on what Dom and I were saying earlier. I don't think that uh, Connor would handle a UFC veteran giving him any sort of pushback on a technique or an idea. Like, I don't think that Connor's capable of viewing a coach uh, or a, a, a facilitator participant as like a partnership. I think he views it as like a, as a teacher student, not a collaborator. Like yeah, these are, these are way. both, they're both professional athletes competing in the same sport. They're the similar ages, like they're active competitors. They are partners. They're not like mentor teacher type things. And I don't think that Connor would handle getting pushback from other fighters who are like, no, I've done, you know, I'm going to stick to my hammer block on that. I think you're wrong. Like wasn't wasn't there something just like that with Nunez or not with Peña last uh, year? Yes. You're totally like, right. 
do this. And the girl was like, no, I don't feel comfortable. She's like, I don't care. I have huge ovaries. Do it. And then she got the shit kicked out of her or yes. something. Yes. Yes. You're, you're absolutely right. Uh, you, something else came up the, from that crap of huge ovaries. Just do what I say. <laughs> They're so big. <laughs> Massive. And, and, Hold my rosé while I go and get knocked down 11 times in five rounds. Damn. 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 Uh, damn. Shots fired. What did you guys think about how they, how, like how they pick teams in not, you know, one by one, or we had that weird sequence last season where they were like sorting through pictures of them and shit. It feels like the UFC production staff and like the people at ESPN and Disney were like, Hey, we can help you. Right. Right. You can you have these two guys who love the camera. Let's use them. Let's not use two pretty personalityless fighters um who who just so happen to have this rematch coming up. And then don't go one by one because none of the viewing audience knows who any of these people are. Just make it so that if you take the veteran, you get all, all the veterans, you know. I, I agree. And the way that they gave them the option to do it by weight class as well is nice. What was a little clunky, right? Because they did their own grading system. Like they tiered them. Like here's my number one lightweight, uh-huh. one through four. And then they did it tournament style. So the number one faces the number four based on each coach's individual ranking of them. Yeah, yeah. not a universal. I liked, but... but the clunkiness of it was that <laughs> they're just meeting these people. And they have to think of that system. And you saw you gotta figure they looking get... at his phone like, oh, that means they're going to be fighting this guy. You got to figure they get some sort of heads up on some of these guys, right? What oh, for mean? sure. Like, oh, like a talent or a prospect? Like guys? some sort of scouting report on him. Absolutely. Well, we I know bet... that most of Connor's team is from his gym. So he knows well, the, the one well. guy for sure, right? Yeah, I mean, they're getting their whole reel. They're getting their whole reel with their entire card on it, with their entire um, fight record. They they have to. You would to. think. Because I watched it. <laughs> I mean, I, you know what? You know what? Chandler definitely watched as much as yes. he could on every single yes. person coming on. Connor's friend watched it and told him that a couple were pretty cool. I do like that they literally posted the entire bracket for the for the tournament yeah i really yeah, for sure. i like that because it gave me things to look forward to like the brad katona carlos vera fight i think i mean just i am so excited to have brad katona back in the ufc because when he's that's, on fire he's on fire that's a name i recognize at the very least mm-hmm. he's superman he win he won or the ultimate fighter yeah, yeah. he won he, he's an ultimate fighter winner who had a couple of fights and then he was out of the ufc Yep, he lost like two or three in a row uh and was out and they were bad. Like he got he got finished, but like I think they just cut him because he was young. Like why not? But I'm so excited he's back. The other one I'm excited about is Jason Knight. Uh Hick, Hick Diaz. Hick Diaz for sure. I mean, he did his like run in BKFC. I think he had 3 and 0 maybe four and oh in BKFC after getting cut. And uh, I, I I like Jason Knight. I think he's funny. I also think he's a, a great example of a brawler 
um, in that he would really finish anybody on the right night. Like he's violent and kind of spastic enough. Did he also do BKFC? Yeah, yeah. He I think he's three and zero in BKFC. Did I say that? Did I say something else? Uh, do you, you said Bellator. Oh, thought I said BKFC. I think you said BKFC. Okay, yeah. then I heard Bellator, and yeah. I'm wrong, and I am sorry. Well, well I, love, I mean, I love I think KFC. It would have been the same effect, right? <laughs> yeah, and I say KFC regularly, so it's easy for me to let that slip out at the wrong time. Uh, but yeah, Is I that love a fried the... chicken joke. I tried. Is there a chicken sound effect? That's says quack. That's a duck. That was like a goose or a duck, yeah. That reminds me of the scene in Best in Show when she has to go get the Busy Bee toy and she brings back... I have never seen Best in Show. Okay. That's a good time. That's good timing. I lobbed it up there hoping you would catch it. Fuck yeah. I'm going to catch this alley-oop right here. And the PNP is going to be doing something special. We're going to start talking about movies because we like UFC and other pretty neat stuff. And one of the pretty neat things we like is good film (laughs) or film or film. And we've also discovered that Dominic is a massive fan of Quentin Tarantino, but hasn't seen most of his movies. No, I I have. I have in fact only seen most of them. I have not seen all of them. (laughs) So we're going to start. I've only seen most of them. (laughs) <laughs> we're gonna start there yeah. i'm excited about this me too yeah why are you excited about it because i think it would be cool to stick to a thing and and really break down something kind of like we do when there's a really big numbered card or something sure but, um I, I think the the parallels we can draw to different I just it's gonna be a good time I agree. I agree. And the first film which we'll be watching before the recording of the next episode is Well, I don't know if we're entirely well, clear on that. Yeah, so we were Wait. proposing to either go in theatrical release or we can go in to to Aaron's point all of Quentin Tarantino's films are in the same quote-unquote Tarantinoverse. Which I love. <laughs> Which would mean that if we're going to go in chronological order... The, the, the TCU first, as it was. <laughs> yes. Yes. The, the first film we would watch would be Django Unchained. Which I have seen, so fuck you. Okay. 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 So Do in, we... in, in this order, if we were to decide in in watching said films, one per week, hypothetically, it would go Django Unchained. Then The Hateful Eight. Have you seen that one, Dom? Yep. Loved it. Okay. We, I think Inglory. we talked about it. Yes, yeah, I we, think we, we have a couple because times. The, the Netflix show, which was extended and broke it up a little bit better. Then it would be Inglorious Bastards. I think which we've I all have seen also that. Seen. Then Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which we have all seen. Of course. <laughs> yes. Reservoir Dogs. Not seen next. it. Okay, that's his very first film. Then Pulp Fiction, which I know you have watched. You talked mm-hmm. about it on the pod. And then Jackie Brown. Love it. In, in Real that. coin flip there. We'll see. And have then, you seen it? No. Oh, no? I love okay. it. It's De Niro like 
like spot no, on. I love De Niro. After that, it would be from dusk till dawn. So nice. I have a question about this one. Yeah. Okay. Did he direct that? Uh, if I, I don't think he did, I don't think he did. So I, I, he was I don't. Pro- Robert That's, Rodriguez directed. Yeah, Robert Rodriguez directed it, but Quentin Tarantino was a writer and producer, and I believe he's some sort of other credit. He was in the movie. To me, I, it's extractable from the list because he was not the director. This is the one I'm not sure about. Take it off. Okay. He so is, take that he off. is next to Clooney in the poster. He's the brother. So I I don't know though. I look, look, we could keep it in there. I just think it's in there as like it's like a, a cursed child. Sure. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. So not he's canon. he's he is a, a a writer on the film, but he, he did not direct. So if we're looking at directorial directorial uh, films, we can remove that from the list. Okay. So omitting from dusk till dawn, the next two films are Kill Bill Volume One and Kill Bill Volume Two, ended with Death Proof, which okay. has uh, the immortal Kurt Russell yeah. in it. And I stand corrected because Dom has definitely seen more than half of Quentin Tarantino's movies. I actually think I have seen Death Proof, and I think I remember exactly none of it. I, that is exact. I know that for a fact for myself. I wasn't was it part too of, intoxicated? Wasn't it part of like a double feature he did and with Machete House? Machete. Yes. Uh, so the it is it no, was a Grindhouse not... feature. It wasn't Machete. It wasn't um, and the other one was directed by Robert Rodriguez, who we just discussed as yeah. the director for From Dusk Till Dawn. Hmm. Death Proof, does she have the gun leg in that one? No, no, no. That's the that's, other one you're that's thinking of. Planet one. Terror. Thank Planet you. Terror. It was called Planet Terror. And that's okay. Rose McGowan that had the gun so, leg. So, yeah, yeah. She's... No, she's not. Never mind. Marilyn Manson's ex. Not anymore. Not on Not the anymore, list. Un- unfortunately. Sorry, dudes. Um, who is on the list? The, is Rosario Dawson on the list? I think so. You do? Yep. Yes. Like current Rosario Dawson or that Rosario Dawson? The but, answer is yes. All right. Yeah. Rosario, uh, yeah. Rosario you know, she, she said famously in the character that sometimes it's okay to go ass to mouth. She did. Hey. Clerks two, Clerks two, yep. Wait, where where's my deep cut sound effect? Hold on, I gotta play it. I don't even know if you guys heard it, but we didn't. That's because I'm not sharing my screen. <laughs> You're not. You know you can just share audio, right? Really? Yeah. In the, it's in there somewhere in the. Uh, uh, in the audio up menu, the little up arrow, there is a share. Well, there used to be anyway. There's leave computer audio. There's a share computer audio tool somewhere in there. I used to use it when I had to teach on Zoom. Anyway, um, huh. I am all in on the the chronological order of those movies. Okay. But I am also, I could very easily be talked out of it. We could do it a different way. I think the only other way to do it would be in order of uh, theatrical release. I think it'd be fun to do chronological 
because I've never seen an analysis of the Tarantino verse. And uh, I haven't looked, I've never examined the movies as being connected. Like I understand Jackie Brown is supposed to be the great, 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 great granddaughter of Django or something what? like that. Like there's like, this is how they're connected. Like, okay. like, or, or um, Copperhead from Kill Bill, who is played, I believe by Vivica A. Fox, which is a great name just to say. Um, she's related to Django or something like that. Okay. Um, which ex- explains her assassin blood. Um, cool. So this week we're watching Django. Yeah. And next episode. Well, week after next, we'll recap it. Yes. Cause I will, unless we record late next week, which would be fine. Maybe we record that episode later next week. Yeah. Whenever we'll record that episode and put it out when it's out. I'm for it. Yeah. And the people listening can just say thank you <laughs> by going to the mailbag and saying <clears throat> thank you to us that way, fellas. That was a delightful re recap. There are fights. Did we do we have any last takes on tough? I don't. I feel like we did a pretty good job. I uh, I for me m- the biggest takeaway I had from watching that first episode was. I think Conor McGregor gets destroyed by Michael Chandler, regardless of weight class. In a fight? And yes, in a fight. And I'm rooting for Michael Chandler now. And I watched, after that, I watched a, uh, it's almost like an MT, MTV Cribs style, like tour of his house in oh, Nashville, yeah, Tennessee. You saw I haven't that? seen it, but I saw that it was up um, on YouTube. And I was like, wow, you know? Um, I love the sorry this wall was boring to me. Yes, yeah. graffiti. That's so yeah. cool. <laughs> What's the? He just comes off as likable, or just for a man of his stature. And I mean, he's also very conscious of his. I guess brand is the best way to say it. Yeah, very but much so. He's there, right? He was there before the fighter showed up. He's there at every practice. He's an active participant. At least that's what you see in the edit of the film. Um, mm-hmm. But it's. He also owns far- a gym that he, he operates. Does. Yeah, he that does. That he operates. But like mm-hmm. Connor, he owns a whiskey brand. He owns a fight promotion. He owns a clothing line. He owns a, an energy drink. You know, like like his his focus isn't isn't there. That's why I think Michael Chandler will probably finish Connor real fast in the first round but it depends on how fast Connor is still because Connor's more accurate and Chandler's quick man Chandler's just quick so like if Connor can do what he did to Jose no problem it's lights out real fast for iron and that's honestly the only way I see Connor winning that's the only way I see him winning is if he catches Chandler in the first two minutes. Um, I mean, I think that's where Connor's won most of his fights, right? He, he's he's overwhelmed people with his pace and his ability to be yeah. very precise in his striking. But then outside of a couple of uh, exceptions, 
the later in the fight it goes, the more people can assert their will over him. Yes. I don't think Chandler's going to try and wrestle him, right? If anything, Chandler has proven since his time in the UFC is that he's going to try and make the fight very exciting. He's not going to do the the best strategic thing for him to win. He wants it to be fun and exciting. When has that been the case? Um, <laughs> so Michael Chandler, you guys know I'm a fan. Mm-hmm. Um, he did a thing with Men's Health Magazine just recently. Uh, they call it Michael uh, Men's Health Six Pack, Michael Chandler's Essential Gear, but they've done one with Aaron Judge and Roman Reigns and Laird Hamilton. They've done these with a few kind of guys. Um, he does like an eight minute video where he shows the food in his fridge. Uh, it's all kinds of like donuts and just junk, obviously. And then, uh, he shows obviously the not has. elite donuts, which right? Is not not junk. no free shout outs. And then he has, uh, <laughs> his gym and then he goes outside and jumps in an ice bath. And anyway, um, it's as much like a, a fake or like a like a covert ad as anything else. But these are the six things that he cannot live without. Okay. Cram the OG, which is a peanut butter and jelly like snack pack type of thing that's supposed to be like relatively healthy. He does have an affiliation with that company. The second thing, I love this one, is a remarkable two. You guys know what a remarkable two is? Nope. Aaron, do you know? So Remarkable 2 is a digital notepad. It's like an e-ink tablet that you can write on. I thought it was a fantastic shit he takes like or something like that. Uh, we're getting there, actually. Like a, like a new a fiber supplement. I would take a fiber uh, called Remarkable 2. <laughs> we're, we're getting there. Nice. Um, oh, I have something very similar to this. I have a rocket book, which is very similar. Like it has QR codes on the pages. Yeah. And it will digitize them. So oh, a remarkable cool. too is like literally like that, but the whole thing is digital, right? Yeah. Um, I use the Kindle version of this anyway, but he says he writes letters to eat love letters to each of his sons, which I think is cool. Um, and he says it reinforces how much he misses them while he's gone. And then I heard him say one time, like he needs them to know why he does what he does. The next thing down is an ice barrel by ice barrel. It's an insulated, uh, ice barrel that you use for ice baths um i'm all for that i actually have plans to purchase one of these they are not cheap then and he was actually wearing one of these in that scene with connor later on he puts on a garmin watch when they're actually training which i also think is cool because i have one of those um a panerai luminor gmt are either of you guys watch guys uh i just wear my apple watch okay so a Panerai is one of those watches that it's $15,000 to start and you wouldn't know it by looking at it, right? You would think like, oh, that's probably like, I don't know, maybe a $2,500 watch. No, it's fifteen grand, which is not super expensive by watch standards, but you have to make an appointment to buy one. Then Aaron, he has dude wipes on the go flushable wet wipes. <laughs> which he says he has a single pack in his back pocket at all times because if there's an emergency and it's time to go when I'm out in public, I got to have a dude wipe. <laughs> and then the last thing he needs is a medicine ball. Now, I understand Michael Chandler probably gets a cut of five of the six of those things or maybe four of the six of those things. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not the remarkable and maybe not the Panerai, but maybe the Panerai. I don't know. So Definitely has- not the dude wipes. 
No, he probably does have an affiliation with them. He says he gets, he says he has three Panerais now. He has two. He plans to give them to his boys. And then his wife got him one when he signed with the UFC. Um, the, the point is, I just feel like Connor's six things he can't live without would be very, very different. You know what I His mean? His Lamborghini yacht would be one of them. Which he goes and, everywhere with you it. know they don't show to that point right they don't show Michael Chandler arriving alone in a Lamborghini the way they did with Connor like just some of that stuff I don't know again maybe it's editing maybe it's filmmaking but and Chandler you know, maybe... has been accused of being fake I'm sorry to talk over you but God he's a good actor if he's faking all of it uh you know that was my original my original take with him as well because he just if you don't know him, first impression is like, well, you seem a little disingenuous right now. It just it just doesn't seem valid. But he's kept it up. I'm I'm gonna say a douchey thing, and I, okay. I wanna I have I have been way harder on you guys for saying way less douchey things than I'm about to say. <laughs> but here it comes. I have listened to him on a number of different podcasts. The way he talks about his kids. That was when I was like, All right, I don't think this guy is. Is faking it like. I know neither of you have kids. I'm not doing the thing where it's like you can't understand it until you have them, but you really can't understand it until you have them. And you also can see it when there are people who were like, like, I'm sorry, I'm going to say it. Roosevelt Roberts talking about doing it all for his family. Well, they live in fucking Florida. So, and you live in San Bernardino. So if it's really all for your kids, move to Florida. There's UFC gyms there. You know what I mean? Or, or MMA gyms there. In fact, there's better MMA gyms there. You could argue at least a couple of the biggest ones. So I, I just, you can, I, I feel like I can tell when people are, it's like, it's like when you go out to like a, a nice ish restaurant and there's the guy who's just being way too nice to his wife. It's like you, you cheated on her, didn't you? You know what I mean? That is not that is not even the f- <laughs> remotely first thing I think of. No, I see somebody is. acting is. nice to them. If you if I had a way to show you exactly what I'm talking about, you'd be like, oh yeah, that is so like I guess you'd have to see the the people, right? I yes. guess and how they're acting to her, towards each other. I, I get you. I, I, I got you. And and hey, Roosevelt Roberts, right? His kids were in San Bernardino you know, until he split up with their mom. And hey, and then, go ahead. She moved them to Florida. And there is no court that is going to side with the dad ever anywhere. I get that. But even still, you you can move to Florida. I think I think the UFC is setting up Connor to be a supervillain. Because mm-hmm. if he beats Chandler, it's just the return of the greatness of Connor McGregor. But if he loses then everyone wanted to see that happen anyway and Chandler mm-hmm. will make it exciting. So and it'll may it'll boost Chandler a million times. Who will maybe. always maybe maybe. Yeah, that's very true, especially since Connor hasn't won a fight in what like four years. I don't know. Four or five? Shit. Uh I think early Longer? 2020, right? Against Cowboy. Was that in twenty uh, twenty? That was mm-hmm. yeah, it was before the pandemic. 
like the day before. It was, yeah. 2019. <laughs> Your point, yeah. It was like it was the the week before the pandemic officially started and we went on lockdown, which, huh. you know, the the spin, the narrative spin on that is that he was supposed to fight three times that year and then didn't because of the shutdown yeah. and he wants to fight in front of fans and, you know, be a draw and pay-per-view, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, all that stuff is mostly legitimate in fairness to him. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what their play is though. I think that they have no problem making Connor look like a super celebrity showman, WWE style. And uh you, if he, you kind of don't even have to tell Connor you're doing that, right? <laughs> he's ah. just he's gonna come in and do his stuff anyway. Yeah, why not? I yeah. think so. I definitely think so. And uh hey, more power to it. It reminds me of uh who uh like back in the WWE days, <laughs> like back when the, like they don't exist now, when I watched it, like uh Bret Hart was like the straight-laced wrestler or Kurt Angle, right? Well, then Kurt Angle turned himself into a heel. That is true. But they weren't like, they weren't the super character villain types. They were just the straight, yeah, I want Bret Hart to win. He's very cool or whatever. Uh, Maybe a bad comparison. But yeah, I just think they're setting Connor up to be easily celebrated in loss or victory. And I think the way they do that is propel his celebrity status versus his athletic status. That that could be. And just to kind of finish my thought on Michael Chandler, I don't think he's faking it when he talks about his kids. Nah. Um, do you think Connor is? Look into like with Connor's kids? Yeah. No, but if you let Michael Chandler, let them both talk for 10 minutes, which one's going to bring up their family first? That's very true. Yeah, no, Connor, I don't think Connor's faking it with those kids at all. I just think Michael Chandler, I think he is really about all this stuff. I, I, again, watch tomorrow. There will be some sort of Me Too scandal or something with him, but, and I'll I'll run it all back. He'll be on TV with John Morant with a gun or something. I don't know, but I I just think, yeah, shout out John Morant. I just think, (laughs) I don't know. He's super likable and Connor kind of is likable in an unlikable way. To your point, he's that he's the heel. Yeah. Let's. Hmm. I don't remember where the button is. Do we call uh-huh. it the pre-cap? We should look at the fights that are coming up this weekend. How do you and feel about that? Time. And now it's time for the Pretty Neat Podcast mm-hmm. Picks. <laughs> This is a weird card. This is a weird card. There are some weird fights on this card. Yeah. Is there a specific weird one that immediately made you say this is a weird card? Uh, I think it's the it's the uh, Jim Miller and is it Jared Gordon? <laughs> like Jared what, Flash. What even is that? I don't. <laughs> that's, why? Why? That's... Why are they fighting? And why? You know what I mean? 
Well, Jim Miller, well, Jared Gordon has a little bit of a name because he lost to Patty Pimblett when yeah, he should have won. Lost. But this is Jim Miller's opportunity to unbreak the tie and become the uh, fighter who has fought the most in the UFC. Hmm. Which is pretty cool. And the most wins. But isn't he, isn't the person who's like right now tied with him also on the same card? Oh, geez. Is that right? Isn't Andre Arlovsky? Andre Arlovsky is way is, up there. <laughs> Andre Arlovsky is fighting one of my guys, actually. And he's fighting Dontail Mays. Yeah. This is a fucking weird card. This is a strange card. Jamie Jamie Malarkey is here. Yeah, Jamie Malarkey's on it. He went from being a massive underdog to like a prohibitive favorite because the non-player character from Tajikistan uh, <laughs> is a last-minute replacement from, I can't remember who, but pulled out because of injury. You said pulled out, and we were talking about inserting earlier. Yeah, we did. <laughs> Full, we're going. We're going. <laughs> yeah, there it is. I, what are we talking about? Uh, Jamie Malarkey. Malarkey. So I, that fight. So he is not the underdog now. Is that right? Uh, no, they haven't updated is. the odds. Oh, okay. Mah- Mahmujan Naimov is who he's fighting. Jamie Malarkey is now a minus 450 favorite. Yes. Thank you. Oh, yeah. This guy's five and one. Jeez. Is Just this his UFC up. debut? UFC debut. Where do they find these guys? I have no oh, idea because that's like, oh, are you in Las Vegas right now? Do you want to fight? Right. Hey, hey, can you be here by next Sunday? And do you want to fight Jamie Malarkey on the prelims of a fight night? In my experience playing UFC 4, that's exactly what happens. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Well, that is the window to real life. Right time, right place. <laughs> Uh, Ryan used the term non-player character earlier, and you know that's what like high school kids call like boring people. They'll be like, "Oh, that NPC over there." Damn, it's pretty funny. Is that like the millennial version of your team? Uh, my no, my team, the '90s boy band. No, like when you walk, when you're like going to Disneyland, and you just point at people and say that person, yeah, to your wife, you say that person's on your team. <laughs> oh, oh! But it's an it's, NPC type person. It's so funny that you say that. Uh, my wife has a different term that she uses with her sister for it, which I didn't know about until roughly nine months ago. And we've been married for twelve years, so <laughs> you know. Um, what was it? I I now can't remember, which is why huh. I tell you. But there is something. Yeah. But it's more like, oh, that's someone you would you would bone. But it's oh, always gotcha. like some some morbidly obese person driving a rascal scooter or something. Like, oh, which gotcha. is a callback to last week. Fuck yeah. Yeah, you would <laughs> fuck that person, wouldn't you? Oh, they say that's your pile. That person's in your pile. In your pile? <laughs> I've like, never understood it. And it was one of those things where I was like, I you know what? I don't really care. Like if you were invited to an orgy, this is the type of people that would invite you. I don't think the orgy part of it necessarily. 
Uh, my wife and I do like your team. Like we just like, oh, that person's on your fucking team. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah, I get it. Yeah, you get it. Uh, but I like NPC. That's way better for like an individual person. Like the kids will be like, that sub was such an NPC. And I'm like, what in the fuck are you talking about? Like, I get it. <laughs> but wow. then I, I I walk across campus and they're all just staring at their phones like saying things in each other's general direction i'm like no you guys are the i played a lot of video games this is what npcs do you're the (laughs) so you guys are the npcs yep how funny that's very meta of them it's so and they really (laughs) don't get it which makes it even more meta (laughs) (laughs) oh shit uh, so our guy tim elliott is back and mm -hmm. can we remember do we know what he's famous for do you guys know uh, I know what he's most recently famous for. What? Do you guys not know? I do know. You do? Yes. So three weeks ago? Oh, no, I don't know. Three weeks ago, he posted on social media. Yes. Did you see that? No. He Thank said, he isn't, isn't this sick? This is my wife reading vows to our son as on our wedding day, which was that day with the person behind in the background who I think was the officiant who she slept with that night, who, Oh yeah. a teammate who she had been having a relationship with the entire time. Yeah. I heard what? about this. Yeah. <laughs> it's like straight so up days of our lives type stuff. Yeah. Found out his wife was cheating on him with his be- with the officiant who is one of his best friends. Like Holy she fucked him that shit. night. Can you imagine the wedding night and you're fucking another dude. What uh, is love? He also hasn't <laughs> <hurt> me. <laughs> he also hasn't fought in over a year. Which is pretty wild. It feels like it has it was less wasn't that long ago but no over a year march okay that's very strange tim come Um, on the pretty neat podcast tell us about this we'd love to have you so that's not even a little bit what i was talking about he is the guy (laughs) who solved the the uh khabib eagles mma puzzle he's like one of the only guys who's beaten him he beat ulan bekov at 272. Beat, was it Ulan Bekov or was it yeah. Askar Askarov? Uh, <laughs> no. And are you, and are was, we, I'm looking at it. It was Ulan Bekov. Are and we sure? There's been like 11 times where we thought it was Tim Means or something. Well, I thought it was Cody Stamen because he or cracked Cody Stamen. Who's Tim Means? Tim, Tim, means, the dirty Tim means is the dirty bird. <laughs> <laughs> but but Cody Stamen is the one who beat Saeed Nurmagomedov. And no. Yeah. No. He's the one who cracked no. Khabib's cousin and made him. And Khabib was like, "You can give up. You can give up, or something like that." No, Khabib. No, Khabib's cousin won that fight. And yeah, Cody Stamen lost to Saeed Nurmagomedov by who beat at two seventy. We were there for that. Oh. Well, then who beat Saeed? <laughs> Here's the thing. I don't remember a second of that fight, and I wasn't even drunk. So, yeah, that one went... Oh, no, I do remember. It went 47 seconds. It was on the undercard. 
Okay. Huh. We're talking about we're talking about Tim Elliott. So it is Tim Elliott. Yeah. So Tim and Elliott. We thought it was Tim Means. No, not Tim Means. I don't remember who we thought it was, but it was Tim Elliott. It was Tim Elliott because he beat Ulan Beckoff. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So does Tim Elliott win this fight? I don't know. Well, that's the I'm... thing is like, I don't know if he wins this fight. If if you He's a slight favorite. Yeah, he, he's a slight favorite based on like things on a piece of paper. Victor's a good not boxer. His emotional state. If, if that happened to you three weeks ago. I wouldn't be fighting. But he is. No, it's all I'd want to do. That could be. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that Aaron, you have a, a good point. That 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 may be a huge it's... motivating factor for him, but just imagine if he wins that post fight interview, if he gets one. He'll probably ball his eyes he out. He'll probably ball his eyes out. Yeah. Because he probably would have been using all of his energy and time and focus to look at the fight instead of the marriage. And as soon as he wins and didn't have to prove it, didn't feel like he needed to prove anything anymore. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He would. Yeah, lose that's a it. huge, that's a huge release. That reminds me of uh, your favorite fighter um, at 135 when he lost his coach and he won that fight via stoppage. Manel Cop. No, 135, not 125. Oh, sorry. I Who can't is... think of his name. TJ Dillashaw? Fight... No, no, no. Fights in Texas. Mm. Boxer. We... I know. Adrian Yanez. Adrian Yanez. Yeah. Adrian Yanez. Yeah. Who just lost. I mean, he lost. It was a very big step up in competition. But, you know, he notably had lost his coach. And is now, he's like almost like the head coach at his gym. But he had won his fight via stoppage, and it was, you know, it was very emotional. It's a very emotional experience. Yeah. Anyway, not sure where I was going with that. Crazy. Uh, I hope that. He survives the fight, I guess. <laughs> This is just a weird side track. Yeah, and I mean, I I got sucked into Jim Miller and Jared Gordon again because I think Jim Miller should win this probably by submission. He's the Uh, underdog if you really think that. I do. I actually do think Jim Miller. Okay. I'm not arguing. I I really don't know. But uh, Alex Caceres, I love Bruce Leroy so much. Um, He's just an OG. He's just an OG. Straight up. And he's so exciting to fight. It's like you <laughs> see that fight. You you specifically, Aaron, sees that body type and you're like, oh, I fucking love that guy. You saw Roosevelt Roberts, you're like, oh yeah. They fight the same right? way. Because because they, they fight I know, the style I enjoy Giannis the most. Has, has a similar I guess Adrian Yannis isn't exactly the same. That really long sort of No, I have like peppery boxers, like like uh like Adrian Yanez, Rob. Uh, Rob Font. Like, I love fighters like that. Old Frankie Edgar. Um, but, like, this, like, they're the exciting ones. They're the roundhouse mm-hmm. kicks. They're like the movie Three Ninjas if it worked sometimes. On you know our, what I mean? On our movie, 
our movie spinoff, we will not be covering Three Ninjas. Sorry, <laughs> we will oh, man, be covering like at least at least four that we could watch. Yeah. We could cover Surf Ninjas. Ooh, I'm so down for Surf Ninjas. Get my cousin on here. He's a fucking expert at Surf Ninjas. Okay. <laughs> Do you think? Th- and this is a real question. Do you think Tarantino would actually come on this podcast? No. No? Have you ever heard him on no. a podcast? No. I think he'd be like, you guys want to talk about my movies for an unlimited amount of time? I'll be there. Send me the Zoom link. Uh, he's pretty, he's pretty like prolific on like uh, he was, I think he was on Joe Rogan and he was also on Tom Segura's podcast and he just He'll be like, well, you know, in 1991, and he's just got this super obscure movie that someone like someone like Kurt Russell was in, and he'll be like, that's when I knew he had to be in the Hateful Eight. It's like, what? <laughs> like, it's so it's bizarre. That would be pretty fun, actually. I'm gonna reach out to his to his management. <laughs> What's the worst they can do? Not respond. <laughs> Good God, if he decides he's going to come on this podcast. How fucking wild would that be? <laughs> like, what are you guys doing tomorrow? Like, dude, we're not ready. Hey, Mr. Like, Tarantino. What, what are we doing tomorrow? I'm calling into work so I can rewatch Django and then do a podcast with you. <laughs> hey, sorry, guys. Like, uh, something came up. <laughs> Mr. Tarantino wants to talk. <laughs> I like it. Uh Anyway, that's probably not going to happen, but we will be discussing the movies. Will you look at our 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 uh, Kill Bill poster that's on our Instagram that has Aaron Blanchfield on it instead, and we called it Kill Val, and will you sign it for me? <laughs> I feel like he would sign it. Probably. <laughs> I like your crappy fan art, kid. What You've got it, what it and, takes. And... <laughs> what has Tim Burton been up to? making beetlejuice too is that what he's doing i mean yeah. that that is happening yeah hmm. what has tim burton been up to yeah. i oh, saw he, that did he do wednesday was he involved in that uh yeah, yeah he directed yeah. the first four episodes and he was an executive producer yeah good call all right but i know that like winona Ryder was seen on the set reprising uh lydia from Beetlejuice, because uh, Jenny, Jen, Jessica Ortega, Jenna Ortega, what's Jenna Wednesday? Ortega. She's uh, she's playing Lydia's kid. Yes, in it, right? Yeah, I think she's... that would be cool. I liked Beetlejuice. One of my favorites when I was a kid. Yeah, my wife is stoked. I'm super stoked. I'm also stoked for Kai Kara France and Amir Albazi. Are you? I am. Why? I'm. Stoked. I'm legitimately asking. Because I want to see what's up with Kai Car France. Really, I think Amir I is a. Too. I think Amir's a steamroller. I think that he's a nightmare. I think he will destroy Kai Car France based on everything I've seen. This is a pick'em. But Kai is really good. Like he 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 did the dance with Brandon Moreno Kinda. for four for four rounds and didn't make it, but he's still great. Like Kaikara France is still an incredible fighter. So my concern with Albazi, Albazi, his biggest fight, I, uh, yeah, 
Alessandro Costa or Baby Figueredo? I, I don't know. Um, that is the thing, right? He he fought the deep fake Zamagulov, and he fought a different Gordon who I'm not familiar with. Um, Malcolm Gordon. Yeah, I've seen that guy fight. I think he's from Canada. Mm, well, then he doesn't get points from me. So I I don't know. Kaikar France has been in the bigger. Yeah, he's bright but to pick him. So who knows? Hmm. Why? I, I don't guess... really have a pick on this. I feel like it, 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 the only reason I can think it's a pick is because they're both so small. <laughs> well, I, I think it's more so that Albazi is like and fast. A highly a highly touted prospect. Okay. Is this a loser leaves? Well, not loser leaves town. Is this if Kai Carpence loses, he leaves town? No, no. Okay. He's not leaving town, but he can't be considered a, a contender if he loses this fight. No. Even in a shallow division such as 125. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is Amir even ranked? No. Yes, seven. Hmm. Oh, yeah, three <laughs> no. and seven. You know what's funny? You know, I think you 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 did something that I do, Dom, uh, which my wife criticized me recently for. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> so like, she asked me a question, like legitimately asked me a question, and I just like snap, snap respond, no. She's like, "Do you even know?" And I'm like, also, also no. <laughs> and I'm like, no. <laughs> She's like, "So why do you say no?" I'm like, "Well, I'm just acting in the moment." on what my instinct is telling me to do, right? As opposed to hemming and hawing and, and like playing this, I don't know, type game. Yeah, I don't like she's to like, him and haw. And she's like, well, if you don't know, don't say you don't say no. I was like, okay, I don't know. Let me look. <laughs> but it just it just reminded me of that because she uh she gave me a critique in the matter. Apparently it's something I do frequently. So I've never I, uh, noticed it if it makes you feel any better. <laughs> I uh I recognize it. Yeah. I've always known you to be a person who uh willingly accepted when you did not have knowledge on something and then took the time to learn about it. That's why we're friends. That's very kind of you to say. I don't know if that's accurate. Well, my observation. You think you you think you just go for it with an answer? I think I there are times where I do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Dom and I, I know Dom and I definitely don't. We, uh, we, we're strong believers in our co-facilitating pasts. I was and... saying, I don't for Ryan. I don't think he does that. I think he, I think you want to know, uh, I think you want a 360 degree understanding of something. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, maybe even an inserted understanding, like an inside look don't we did the insert thing again Gosh, we're getting yeah. close a, to the end of the really episode so i <laughs> i have a proposition for both of you because i will be in uh sin city next week and there is 289 coming up we could do a pretty neat parlay we should do a pretty neat parlay i think we should next week no we should choose it today because i will place it next week Oh, Next week gotcha. will be 289, correct? Yeah, Saturday, June 10th. 
Aaron, roll that beautiful bean footage. <sighs> beautiful bean. Wow. Bean footage. What is the best kind of bean? I feel like that's something that uh, Dwight Schrute says. Hickory smoked with bacon and hot dogs. No. Ryan, would you like to try? Pinto. Not literally not even close. The answer is coffee. The answer is coffee. And the second answer is don't fuck this up. Refried. No. (laughs) Black. Vanilla. Oh, geez. Wow. We're, yeah, coffee we're... bean is definitely number one. Yep, coffee bean. Let us know what you think by going to the mailbag. So UFC 289. Nunez Aldana. Oliveira Dariush. Mike Mallet, Adam Fuggett. Dan Ige, Nate Landweir. Marc-Andre Barriot, Eric no Anders. No odds on any of these. So no I've odds. got the odds in front of me at least per Caesars and ESPN. And there is one of these that is, Ooh, this is a crab leg buffet. Ooh, tasty. Mm-hmm. Do you like crab legs or lo- Okay. I know you like crab legs. I don't even have to ask unless you're allergic. Uh, allergic shellfish. Are you? Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that sucks. Uh, if people who like lobster over crab, it's like, what are you, what are you, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> Crab is far superior in every way. <laughs> like what, what? 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 What's wrong with you? Yeah. In fact, lobster is even behind shrimp. There, I said it. I, I you know, I don't make the rules. Damn, I didn't realize that Benil is a favorite because I was thinking he. There it is. The, I thought he would be part of the parlay. Doesn't know, but but that fight is on the parlay. He, the yeah. Knowing now that Benil is the favorite, you would bet uh, olives, right, yes. on the parlay. For when sure. when do you get Charles Oliveira at plus odds? You uh, yeah. against Islam? Yeah, against uh, Islam Makachev for good reason. Yep, that's right. wild. I, I am uh, I'm leaning towards including Irene Aldana. As part of the parlay as well. Whoa. Really? Yeah. Why? So we're going Oliveira on the parlay for sure, right? Yeah. He's a okay. lock. He's Just a lock to win. Sure. I, I, we're not going to say how. Yeah, to win. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so Irene, she's a, she's a replacement. I honestly think she's a better opponent than Juliana Pena. I agree In my opinion. That. I agree with that. Hmm. So Amanda's 35 and her and her partner are getting ready to have their second child. Is the other one with child Nina? I don't know if she's with child currently, All right. but I know they were talking about it recently. I, I just, wow. I, I, I question like her original commitment to to get into the spot right her fight against uh ronda right is what put her on the map and nobody gave her any credit and she just fucking demolished ronda yeah and then she went on just a steamroll cyborg um, steamroll tour yeah what she did she didn't lose a fight for literally five years yeah and so 
they're starting to show some some gaps right in that impenetrable wall that is Amanda Nunez. One, she did get beat. She got it back in in you know dominant fashion, but in other contender matches, and this is almost it's almost like the John Jones effect, where like you're the champ, you're so dominant, you're just going to keep facing challenger after challenger. And at what point are you like, I just can't get up for this anymore. And you don't train as hard. You're hypothetically not as motivated. And those fights, which should be one-sided affairs, become more competitive and more competitive and more competitive. And I could be totally off base because this already happened with Pena and she came back and just put the hammer down on her. So maybe she's back on that train. But she's all we also have to consider she's definitely at the very least at the end, the very, very end of her athletic prime. Over under two more fights. Under. under. Oh, under. and you could have pushed too. You could have said two. I think under. I think including, I, including this one. You think this is our last one then? Uh not including this one. Under okay. two fights. Yeah, I yeah, because I I could totally see if Amanda loses this fight, I think she's done. I think it's it's just what happened with Penny the first time coming back. She's just she's tired. She's not in it all the way. Um, and I think you're right. I think Arena is going to bring hunger and and some fire. I think you're right. I think people have learned to do the pepper thing. You gotta you gotta pepper Amanda a lot and uh, and let's do it let's get a fourth mexican mexican champion all right so you guys ready you guys ready but amanda should win so july 9th 2016 amanda beats misha tate submission first round then the fight just about five months later with ronda 48 seconds then a tough split decision with valentina was that number so, two or number three? That was two. Okay. Oh, they haven't had number three. Yeah, That's right. that was That's two. Been, it's been proposed. Okay, that was September 9th, 2017. After that, she knocks out Raquel Pennington. She knocks out Cyborg. She knocks out Holly Holm. Decisions over Durandamy and Felicia Spencer. So that's where you would... That's Tiago Santos and Dominic Reyes for John Jones right there, right? Yeah. Then she subs Megan Anderson in the first round, and that fight was not even remotely competitive. Then she loses to Pena. It was kind of weird. Then she beats the shit out of her for, I mean, the advanced metrics on that fight are, like, astounding. Mm-hmm. But it's 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 wild. Pena actually landed four more total strikes, but 25 less significant, um, 13 less to the head, four less to the body, no leg shots. She had no control time versus 12 minutes, basically, for Ron, Amanda. Um, Amanda, the knockdowns, how many? I mean, three, five. I think five. it was five. Yeah. So, and then we. it's almost been a full year since then. Irene Aldana's the biggest name opponent was October 3rd, 2020 against Holly Holm. She lost that fight. Um, she beat 
is it Yana Santos? Yeah, she beat Yana Santos. She beat Macy. That She's, is formerly Yana Kunskaya. There you go. Thank you. Um, she is also 35. She has five UFC fights. Amanda has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, <laughs> eight. Eight title defenses. <laughs> I understand. I think Irene could be a tough fight for. I think she could have a better showing than people think. Anyway, I don't see it. I I actually think Amanda probably pretty easily gets this done. I do not love putting Irene on the parlay, but I'll do it if I get outvoted two to two to one. No, no, we want this to be unanimous. So, uh, title fights in and of, in and of themselves can be difficult for parlays right mm-hmm. i'm gonna try and look for some good value bets in either the main card or the prelims and i'm looking at this card and i'm like this card is not good um it's my initial sentiment is like this is just kind of thrown together and it's a numbered card and you want people to pay 79.99 for this get the fuck out of here yeah i definitely won't yeah so, all right. So we got one, one of three on lock. We got, we got olives in the parlay. Aaron, do you have an issue with olives? No. No. Just making sure. It's got to be unanimous. I think Roundtree might be on the parlay, even though he's a heavy favorite against Dawkins. <sighs> so Dawkins, we saw him last getting knocked out by our Russian friend, right? No, I'm not friends with any Russians. I think he got knocked out in his last two. Rosenstreet, Curtis Blades, Derek Lewis. He beat Abdul Rachmanov. Okay. Was it the other Dacus we saw get knocked out? No, no, because that's at 185. I was definitely thinking of Chris Dacus because okay. he's a heavyweight. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Roundtree. They're going to brawl. I think uh, Roundtree would be the more precise striker. Half inch reach advantage definitely doesn't throw as many significant strikes, but that could be in his advantage as well. I do think there's value in putting like not a lock, but one we think mm-hmm. is, is as close to a lock as we could get. Close to as long as we think we can get. So like if we think like, oh, Roundtree should pretty easily. I mean, we've talked about this a million times and been wrong. I think every time, but the the logic remains. Like if we think Roundtree is going to beat Dawkins, throw him on there. You know. Yeah, I have one other one that kind of jumps out at me that I like. Dan Ige. No. Maverick. So, no. Dan Dan Ige is a minus two thirty. Dan fifty k Ige. Not that we get bonus points for finish but he'll be looking to end the fight and not allow it go to the judges scorecards I do like Chris Curtis I, I was thinking that too against Nasser Dean Imabov I kind of like Matt Schnell against David Dvorak really okay yeah, so kind of David Dvorak is scary here. I was looking at danger too Dvorak two losses in a row Mateus Nicolau and Manel Kopp our guy um Matt Schnell. He's coming off a loss to Nicolau Also lost well. to Nicolau, but he beat Sumarja, lost to Royval, no contest with Bontarine. He beat Nam. 
the point is Matt Schnell is actually higher ranked, which in flyweight kind of doesn't matter, but you're, you're getting points on him, yeah. which is, which is why it's enticing to me. I'm not saying we have to do it. He's plus plus one fifty. So I kind of like that. I, like, I do uh, too. I do, do you, too. How do you feel about Chris Curtis our action man? I don't have an opinion on the action man. It's got a so, massive reach disadvantage in this one. Oh, interesting. Oh, no, he doesn't. He's got a reach advantage. Yeah. Just height. But so he, his, that's uh, his thing all the time. His opponent, uh, Nasruddin, is coming off a five-round unanimous decision loss to Sean Strickland. And yep. okay. Sean Strickland trains with Chris Curtis. Yep. <laughs> Previously, he beat Joaquin Buckley. That was a three-round affair. If I remember correctly, that was the UFC card in Paris. Then he knocked out Edmund Shabazian, which a lot of people do. And then he knocked out Ian Heinish. And then that was 282 in Vegas mm-hmm. against Joaquin Buckley. I like the Strickland training. Uh, they also do a podcast together, uh, which is pretty funny. But I, I do think this is his biggest step up. I do think Imavov is a terror for Chris. Well, Curtis. he he fought Jack Hermanson and Kelvin Gastelum. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, Gastelum fight was amazing, right? To watch. He just didn't come up on the right side of it. There was some controversy with the scoring because he seemed to be more active to the body. And I just don't think the judges are accurately scoring that when you are scoring to the body, which I mean, he's, He's fighting MMA, but he has a clear boxing style. So Nasserdine, they're both classified as strikers. I don't think Nasserdine's going to try and take it to the ground. I would. I feel good with, with Chris. With action? Yeah. So if we're going to put some action on Chris, Matt, Danger, Snell, Schnell, and Oh, Charlie do we Ollis, go with Schnell? Do we throw a round tree on there too? Or is four too many? So mm. I'm 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 usually somewhat um hesitant to well okay, one second. So the fourth this one the... is tough. I'll, i I Yeah, the fourth one, this is interesting. Chris Chris Dawkins versus Khalil. This is being booked as a light heavyweight fight, but as we know, Chris Dawkins has fought at heavyweight um, exclusively, I think. Yeah, Rosenstruck, Blades, Derek Lewis, uh, Darakmanov, and Alexei Olenek. Those are all have been at heavyweight. He's coming down. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Advantage or disadvantage? I think it it definitely makes you more susceptible to strikes if you're cutting weight where he wasn't previously as, as a heavyweight. No. Hmm. Uh, that's an advantage to Khalil, I think. Khalil at one point, as he said on the Ultimate Fighter, also Ultimate Fighter alum, was like close to 300 pounds at one point. That's yeah. wild. Yeah. And then got himself in uh, good shape and started training MMA. And now he's fighting in the UFC, which is wild. I do question sometimes his commitment to fighting. She's talked about retiring 
on a couple mm-hmm. of occasions. So maybe we leave the fourth fight off. Aaron, what yeah. do you think? I'm for that. I like the idea of Curtis. Are we going Chanel or Dvorak? I think that was the Dom value was in is Chanel. in Chanel. Yeah, I, I'm so, for that. I like. So are we I, taking Roundtree off? Yeah. Yeah, I okay. think that would. I think Curtis Chanel and Oliveira. That's like the three I would. That's three, a that's three a dogs. Three that's gonna that's, that's three, gonna be yeah. a nice payout. That's a big. I was about to say, those are all underdogs. Right. That'll now. that'll pay for Ryan and I to go to the theater in Chili's for sure. You know, I was thinking about that since uh, two eighty nine is next Saturday, but you're gonna be in Vegas because, like, I don't want to pay for this, but I would pay twenty bucks. <laughs> I won't to... be in Vegas. I will be back by then, but my. Wife is having a baby shower that day, and I've got to entertain the male members of her family. That makes sense. Yeah, maybe two ninety. We do it. Two ninety is a good card, though. Okay. What's the problem with that? <laughs> I'm just saying, like, when it's a card that you're like, can I justify spending like the money to watch this? But I'm saying. We spend twenty five bucks, go right. to the theater, watch it on the giant screen, get drunk at Chili's. Okay, yeah, I'm I'm in deal. Although I think it's like two days before my wife is due, so I probably shouldn't commit <laughs> to something like that today. Yeah, that's uh, but, you July, know we'll figure July, it out. July eighth is okay. Uh, two days after, perfect. Uh, she'll be at home. Great, she'll be at home. It's fine. It's- Fine. She's She'll have a kid to look after. She'll be busy doing mom stuff. You need yeah. to go on fraternity leave. <laughs> yeah, she's she's taking six months off of work, so you get six hours at a theater. I can I can go to six hours, and you know what's the what's the the hurricane margarita or whatever. No idea. I haven't been to Chili's in so long. Well, we'll figure it out. You could come out too. (laughs) I'm going to be, oh, July. July. I'll be in Vegas for a four hour layover. Maybe we, maybe we can, what's 291? Oh, Poirier Gaethje too. There you go. Oh, that's in Salt Lake City. That's a weird. So Poirier Gaethje, Blahovich Pajeda, Tony Ferguson, Bobby Green for some reason. Paulo Costa, Ikram Aliskarov, uh, Michelle Pajeda and Stephen Thompson, Derek Lewis and Rahilia de Lima and Kevin Holland and Michael Chiesa. The BMF belt is there. I think that's the theater fight. Do you think The Rock is going to do the belt? I don't know. And that's only July 29th, so just a couple weeks later. I don't think he's going to Aaron. I mean, he did it. It was in New York. That had to been like the perfect opportunity to sync those things up or he may have been in town. Um, Or they make Jorge hand it off. That would be good. That would be funny. Especially since he's retired. You know, he's done. Let him. That'd be cool. Let him wear a nice suit. Yeah. Chili's has a whole to-go alcohol menu on their website. I, all I'm saying is we go there, we take the winnings from the Pretty Neat Parlay 289, we buy the tickets, 
to to two ninety one. We walk across the parking lot. No free shout outs. And and we just, you know, we recline back. You put your hand on my knee. <laughs> we watch the fights. Dom, <laughs> we're about to watch these fights. Uh, I'm very familiar with that theater. Also, no free shout outs. I'll be, I'll be um, occupying that theater on Saturday to, to watch uh, Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. Oh, yeah. Okay. Nice. I think we're finally gonna go see the Mario Brothers. Yeah, it's uh available for streaming now too. That's how I saw it. Did you oh, like really? It? Uh yeah, yeah, it's fun. Okay. It's fun. Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. Good stuff. I I have intentions to watch it, but my movie my movie calendar just got a lot more full. So <laughs> speaking of Seth Rogen, they're making a sausage party too. I don't care wow. about that. I actually really don't care for Seth Rogen, to be honest with you. <laughs> eh. Eh. Well, well, how should we send it off? In case, in case you were wondering, <laughs> not should we... Seth Rogen, twenty twenty four. Okay, and Dom has signed off. Love it. Hey, you know why I love MMA so much? That is 100% true, but it also doesn't bring them together. It, it, you know what? <laughs> Violence really does bring people together.